The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Bibles up and make a confession and a declaration of faith. Shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's word and my life will never be the same again because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. We just want to get your mind ready. We're still talking about as a man thinketh. We started a brand new series last week and we're talking about as a man thinketh. And this is from the scripture from Proverbs 23 verse 7. Scripture says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It's interesting that he didn't say as a man uh, thinketh in his heart, so will he become. He says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So you are indeed uh, a representation of the sum total of your thoughts, if you will, or your dominant thoughts. Your life flows or goes in the direction of your dominant thoughts. Amen? So what you see in the mirror every single morning is a representation of your thoughts. Or better yet, what you see in your bank account. And here's the good news. You can change that. The good news is you can fix that. And how do you fix that? You fix that by changing the way you think. Amen? Amen. You fix that, fix that by moving and, and, and aligning your thoughts to God's word. And start thinking in a kingdom way. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. You start thinking in a kingdom way. And when you start thinking in a kingdom way, you start to live what I like to call the kingdom life. How many of you know that there's a difference between a church life and a kingdom life? Many are in the church, but they have not yet experienced the kingdom way of life. And God wants you to experience a kingdom lifestyle. He wants you to experience a kingdom way of living. And we get to do that by changing our thoughts. As a man thinks in his heart, uh, so is he. Amen. Uh, Romans 12 verse 2, which was our foundational scripture last week. If you didn't get an opportunity to join the service last week, uh, those of you watching online, man, you need to go to our website and uh, listen to that teaching uh, or go on the podcast, Spotify, iTunes. Uh, we are everywhere. You'll be able to SoundCloud, I think, as well. You'll be able to uh, listen to the teaching and download it. And it's going to set a great foundation uh, for where we are going today. Amen. So the Bible says in Romans 12, verse 2, one of, my, one of my absolute favorite scriptures in the Word, it says, Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be ye what? Transformed. And we talked in detail what that means. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's interesting that he didn't say be transformed by a renewed mind. Because if he had said that, it would have made uh, 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 the renewing of the mind an event or a transaction. So he didn't say be renewed, uh, be transformed by a, a renewed mind. 
you know, you're not going to get your, your transformation through a transaction. You know, we can't have a transformation conference and then, you know, we lay hands on the people and everybody walks out transformed. That's not how it happens. It happens this way, by the renewing, I-N-G, that's how that word ends, renewing of your mind. And that word renewing is in the present continuous tense. What, is, what it means is uh, it's a lifestyle. It's a way of living. It's like running. Amen? Amen? And so mind renewal is a way of life. It's a lifestyle. You're going to have to start living this way, changing the way you think. Watch this about every area of your life. You've got to change the way you think about your marriage. Line it up with God's word if you're going to have a successful marriage. Marriage made in heaven. You're going to start, uh, you're going to have to start changing the way you think about finances and line your thoughts up to the kingdom way of prosperity. You're going to have to start lining your thoughts uh, up with God's word with regards to healing, the redemption, the atonement uh, of, 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 of what Jesus paid for on the cross. Amen? I said amen. amen. And so these things, uh, God has put them in the word so that they can help us change the way we think so we can start thinking in line with God's word. So he says when you do that, if you start renewing your mind and attain, uh, start walking in this kind of transformation, you'll be able to prove, that's the last part of that verse, you'll be able to prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. The word prove there means to manifest. A lot of believers in the church haven't tasted to see that the Lord is good. Yet the, the, the fruit over there on the other side of your thinking is juicy, ripe, and ready for you to just grab a hold of it and enjoy that kind of life. Amen? God has already made it all available for all of us. All we have to do is to start changing the way we think. And so that we are not subject to the beggarly elements of the world. So that we may grow up and grab a hold of these promises of our divine inheritance. And start enjoying it in this life. Remember, that's the prayer that Jesus uh, taught us to pray. He says, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, let me assure you. In heaven, they're not running around in panic, scared of corona. In heaven, they're not running around uh, scared of shortages. There are no shortages in heaven. In fact, God in heaven, he makes his rods out of, you know, I know in Sunday school they taught you that he paves his rod. No, go and reread it. It doesn't say God paves his rod with gold. It says God makes the rod out of gold. Wow. So you know the stuff that we put outside to make tar? In heaven, they use gold. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So there's no shortage in heaven. I mean, it's prosperity in abundance. The city of heaven has 12 foundations. And all of them are made out of precious stone. Onyx, go and read it. And God takes the precious stone and puts it in the foundation. Because to him, it ain't nothing. I mean, if I had onyx, I'd put it in the display, okay? Forget putting it in the foundation. But God puts it in the foundation because to him, it's just stuff. And God has made all this stuff available for his children. But the limiter, what has been limiting his children is they have not renewed their minds. They haven't heard the good news. 
that God has an inheritance for them. And so they've been toiling and just walking around, round and round in the wilderness, and they're not partaking of the promise that there is a place we can start enjoying a land that flows uh, with milk and honey. Amen? And so today we want to show you practically uh, why mind renewal is the absolute most important thing you'll ever get to do as a believer. Did you hear what I said? I said mind renewal is the absolute most important thing you will ever get to do as a believer. Last week, we showed you how your mind uh, is connected to your faith. You can't function in faith uh, without your mind. It is the absolute most important thing you'll ever do. Yet, the, one of the most uh, uh, difficult things you'll ever do as a child of God is to renew your own mind. And I was preaching at another church in Cape Town, and someone said, no, that can't be. It must be casting out demons. I can do that in a sentence. Oh, wait a minute. I can do that in a word. Puma. I'm done with the devil. But here's the problem. I can't cast out my mind. You're going to have to work with what you got. But here's the good news. You can renew it. You can start changing the way you think. And as you line up those thoughts to God's word, man... You're going to see some effortless change. You're going to see some, some things just start to change in your life. Your circumstances will start to look more and more uh, like God's word. Can I get an amen? amen? And so let's go quickly to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. And I'm going to be reading from verse 23. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5 verse 23. And uh, we want to show you through scripture why uh, mind renewal is the absolute most important thing you get to do as a, as a believer. Amen. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. Uh, verse 23. It says, and the very God of peace sanctify you holy. Someone say holy. It says completely. That's what that word holy means. It says, may God sanctify you holy. Uh, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So out right there, we see that uh, human beings are what I like to call uh, tripartite beings. Three parts. They're made out of three parts. He says, may God sanctify you holy, and he may sanctify you in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body. And so we, we find out through reading uh, uh, many other scriptures that you, the real you is a spirit. You are a spirit. That's the real you. And this is a powerful uh, revelation. Uh, once you learn that you are a spirit, and if we all could learn that we were spirits, I mean, just this knowledge would take care of all the uh, prejudices that we see in the world. You know why? Because you start to relate with your brother, with your sister, knowing that they are more than their gender. Oh, I thought I was going to get a better amen than that. Yeah. You, re you realize that they are way... How many of you know that in your spirit there is no male or female? There are no male, female spirits. There are no, you know, I know we like to say uh, uh, sonship. In fact, God just uses the word sonship. He doesn't use daughtership. And when he uses the word sonship, it includes all of his uh, children who happen to be uh, female in the natural. He includes all of them into that equation. As long as you're on the ship, you know, sonship, daughtership, as long as you're in the ship, man, you are a part of the promise and you can receive. And the reason why God uses sonship is because he wants all of us to receive an inheritance from him. So, I, you know, I know even the Apostle Paul said it in Galatians. He says, now in Christ, there is neither female. He had to start with that one. Yep. <laughs> he says, now in Christ, there is neither female 
male, uh, Jew, or Greek. And yet, some people will say, you know, yeah, you females. Well, anyway, moving right along. I'm getting in trouble. Anyway, you are a spirit. This is the real you. This will take care of racism. And reverse racism. See, a lot of people don't believe that it can come from the black people. Okay, all right. Man, I need to behave. <laughs> you should never relate to people based on the color of their skin. You should relate to people based on their spirit. And when you do, man, you start evangelizing. Because if you see an unbeliever, you don't see them as an unbeliever. You see them as someone with a dead spirit, and that spirit needs to come alive. And the only way it will come alive is through Jesus. You start to have some compassion for the lost. You won't just criticize them and just say, oh, they're going to hell. Man, you start having some compassion for them. Amen? Amen? And so you are a spirit. Man, I'm stuck on that. You are a spirit. You possess a soul. In your soul is where your mind, your will, and your emotions are. Amen? They're in your soul. How many of you know that you have a mind? And you can use it at church? That's a powerful revelation. I mean, people will stop drinking uh, a petrol for juice if they, if they just stuck on this. Re- man, today, man, I need to... St- I have notes. Maybe I should stick to the notes. <laughs> you have a mind, man. Use it. Praise God. Amen. How many of you know that you have a will? What that, and I know Will Graham is watching. You have a will. <laughs> you have a will? What that means is God has given you the absolute privilege to make choices and God will back you up. He said, I've said before you, life and death, blessing and cursing, Deuteronomy 30, 19. Blessing and cursing, therefore... Choose life. God has set before you uh, 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 this privilege called free will, and you get to choose. Whatever you choose, God will let you have it. Amen? And it must be used uh, wisely. This is where your emotions are, and you must enjoy the emotions as long as they line up with God's word. And so you are, you are a spirit. That's the real you. Uh, you possess a soul, and you live in a body. Now, everybody knows this. But we're going to show you today how to function in this practically and get results. Because I'm all about results. Amen. Amen. I'm all about results. I want to get you to a place where you start to see uh, your life transformed. You start to see uh, miracles. You start to see things happen in your own life. I was sharing earlier on about Pastor Henry's testimony. And and I was saying, man, it took him having his mind renewed to start stepping into the kind of prosperity that he's walking into. A few years ago, two, two or three years ago, the Lord spoke to him and said, hey, I want you to give away your car without a backup plan. How many of you know that it takes a renewed mind for you to give away, to obey God anyway? Without a backup plan. So he came. We were having choir. Practice the other day on Tuesday. He just showed up through the kids. He says, man, this car, the Lord spoke to me, said I should bless you. Bless somebody else. And he left in a taxi. <laughs> now, in the natural, that's dumb to the power three. <laughs> but the man is walking by faith and not by sight. Yeah. And in a short while, the man walks up to my office, says, Pastor T, I got to show you what I got. And I'm at my house, actually. He says, Pastor T, I've got to show you what I got. I walk out. It's a nice, clean uh, Mercedes Benz. That thing, man, that thing is a, the roof is made out of glass. I mean, you can bask in, you can bask in the sun sitting in the car. 
No, for me, I have to get home first, get a chair, find a nice spot to bask in the sun. This dude is basking in the sun driving. The blessings of the Lord. How do you get to that place? You get to that place when you start changing the way you think and you start realizing that walking in the word is the absolute, the highest level of walking by faith is walking in the word. Amen. Amen. And I love it. As a pastor, I love it when I just see lives transformed left, right, and center. That's my job here. One of the greatest frustrations of a pastor truly called by God is uh, stagnation. Just seeing someone stuck. And my prayer will be, you know what? I wish you could just do one thing. (laughs) Out of everything that I taught, one thing. So we could at least move an inch and see some progress. And say, praise God. Amen? Amen? Because ultimately, we want to see some transformation. We want to see growth. We want to see people start to step out in faith. Man, the absolute, my absolute heart, and I've taught this before and I'm teaching it again. My absolute heart is not just for us to have a bunch of cheerleaders. My absolute heart is for us to have a bunch of soldiers who go out and activate the kingdom of God in their different areas of influence. God put an, an amazing influence on your life. You are power packed. Oh, yeah, that's right. You see what the mic did? <laughs> Man, you are power packed. Uh, Amen? Amen. Scripture tells us, it says the same spirit. Someone say the same spirit. It says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is on the inside of you if you are a born again believer. And watch what he says. He says that same spirit will quicken your mortal bodies. It will make any dead cells in your bodies come alive. Amen? If you're struggling with cancer, there may be some dead cells acting the fool in your body. Man, it's time for you to submit to this truth that I have the Spirit of God on the inside of me and it's going to make the cancer cells come alive. Amen? We've seen several testimonies in this church take place several miracles, testimonies, amazing miracles, take place in the hand of ordinary believers. And that gives me great joy. We had, I think, Sister Jabu's a friend in Durban there. Uh, they, they were in ICU, I think, six months. And we sent some believers. We didn't even send prophets, apostles, evangelists, pastor, and teacher. How many of you know that when the rubber meets the road, your title doesn't really matter? We want to get some results. We just send some believers. Why? Because the Bible says believers shall lay hands on the sick. And what will happen to the sick? The sick shall recover. Jesus giving you and I our job description right at the end of his ministry. In Mark, at the end of Mark, and in Matthew, at the end of Matthew, he said, you believers, you shall have power to cast out devils. He said, you, you believers, if you drink any deadly poisonous thing, it shall not hurt you. He said, you, you believers, you pick up scorpions and snakes. Man, go and read it. He said, you, you are the power-packed ones. Believers, he was addressing every believer. And you know what happened in uh, Romans chapter number 8, verse 19? He says, now the creation is awaiting for the manifestation of these kind of folk. It says the entire creation is awaiting the manifestation of the true sons of God. It didn't say it's awaiting the sons of God because it knows they're there. It's just waiting for them to show up. How many of you know that this is our time? 
Man, right at the beginning of the pandemic, I began to preach. I said, this is our time to arise and shine. It's our turn to have fun. Because guess what? We have the power. Kali and Ashley, they have a, 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 a teaching, a school that they run every Saturday called Power Academy. And the theme in that school on Saturdays, every Saturday, they're teaching people to function in power. And I love it. And uh, one of the key lines in, in that uh, school is, I got the power. <laughs> Remember that song? I got the power. Running men. Back, back in the 90s. And you've got the power. Amen. Why? Because in your spirit, Jesus deposited everything that you'll ever need that pertains to life and godliness. That's a scripture, by the way. Second Peter 1, verse 3. There's Jesus in your spirit. When you got born again, he deposited everything that you'll ever need uh, that pertains to life and godliness. That word pertains to life and godliness simply means this. He deposited and gave you everything you'll ever need that is consistent with a godly living. Everything you'll ever need. God has already given to you. And that's powerful. And so when you got born again, knowing this, when you got born again, Scripture says in 2 Corinthians, right here, 2 Corinthians, chapter number 5, verse 17. It says when you got born again, uh, uh, if uh, uh, whosoever, what does it say? How does it start? 2 Corinthians 5, 7, if any man. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a what? A new creature, behold, all things have passed away and everything has become brand new. So when you got born again, scripture says that you became a new creature. And so when I read that scripture, I had a problem because I, I read that everything had become brand new. And then I went and I looked at myself in the mirror and nothing had changed. And so I was wondering what the scripture was talking about. But by process of elimination, you're going to learn that nothing changed in your body. Nothing changed in your soul. When he says everything became brand new, he's talking about your spirit. Why? Because if you were bold, like me, before you got saved, guess what? You is still going to be bold after you get saved. If you had false teeth before you got saved, guess what? You're still going to have false teeth after you get saved. Because nothing changed in your body. Amen? Amen. If you were uh, believing God to uh, 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 lose some weight before you got saved, it's not going to happen miraculously after you get saved. Because the new creature didn't happen in your body. We're ultimately going to get new bodies when Jesus comes back. We're going to get glorified bodies. We'll be able to walk through walls. We'll be able to just fly like just, you know what Philip did? We'll be able to just uh, tele teleport from, from here to like Santa. You just Santa and you're in Santa. Man, it's going to be fun. I see people saying, you know, uh, 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 heaven is going to be boring. No, heaven is going to be fun. Oh, no, before we even get to heaven, you know what's even going to be fun? The millennial reign of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's going to be fun. You know why? Let me share with you a secret. That's going to be fun because in there, we're going to have mortal bodies. And we're going to be interacting with people who will be natural, just like you and I. 
And they're going to be asking us all these questions. What did it feel like? Because remember, they are going to be in the absolute government of Jesus during the 1,000 years of Jesus' rulership. They're going to be under the... And they're not going to have any attacks from the enemy, from the devil. They're going to have a little bit of influence from him. Some will walk away uh, from Jesus. But most of them will be inquiring from us, what did it feel like walking in the earth having the same spirit that uh, raised Jesus from the dead? What did it feel like having the same power that raised Jesus from... What did it feel like walking walking around with all this power. They're going to be inquiring from us. And we get to share with them. You know, the one time I was just chilling in my house and then the cell phone ring. There's going to be a bunch of them sitting around you wanting to hear these stories. And then I was chilling in my house just watching, you know, a football and then I, my phone rang and it was someone who was sick. And you know what? I just decided I'm going to pray for them through the phone. And I prayed for them through the phone and they got healed. The power of God went in through that cell phone and healed them thousands of miles away. And they're going to be like, Wow. See, you got to use this power for you to have stories in the millennium. <laughs> Otherwise, they're going to look at you like, what did you do with the power? No, I was running around scared. Like, no, dude. No, 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 dude. Could you read? Yeah, I could read. Did you read it? Yeah, I read it. So what did you do with the power? Yeah. Amen. It's time believers start using the power of God to some. In this church, we've seen people healed of all kinds of things. We've seen people uh, who doctors had said they couldn't have children, have children, several of them. What happened? We just released the power of God that is available for every believer. You've got to renew the way you think for this power to start flowing through you. And it's available for every single child of God under the sound of my voice. Amen. I said amen. So, when you got born again, you got a brand new spirit. What changed was your spirit. 1 John 4.17. 4.17 says, uh, as Jesus is, so are you in this world. Just as Jesus is in heaven right now, so are we in this world. And he's not talking about your body, and he's not talking about your thinking. Because you know sometimes you think crazy. <laughs> Jesus is not thinking crazy. Amen? He's talking about your spirit. Your spirit is identical to the spirit of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I want to assure you, you do not lack a thing. The things that you are running around to try and get, God has already preloaded them in your spirit when you got born again. You don't have to chase around prophets. You don't have to get an air ticket to go to Nigeria to get something. No, it's already in your spirit. already got it in your spirit. Amen? Amen? And so, Pastor T, you may ask, if I already have uh, everything uh, uh, that pertains to life and godliness, in fact, let's read that one. Second Peter 1, verse 3, I want to read it because I don't want you thinking I'm making up stuff, you know? <laughs> I don't want you walking out of here saying, I went to that church. All the pastor does is just make up stuff. He's just making, you know, let's read it in the Bible so you can see it for yourself. 2 Peter 1.3. As his divine power is what? As his divine power is he trying to give us? No. He says, has he given? God has already given in the past tense. In his divine power, in his divine ability, as his divine power has given to us how many? What's left outside of all? Nothing. nothing. There's nothing that you lack, brothers and sisters. You have 
all. He says God has given all. If it's power that you want, God has given all the power. If it's the anointing, man, you are already anointed. Amen? If it's peace, man, you have at your disposal all the peace that you'll ever want. If it's prosperity, God has already made it available. So God has given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. Or that is consistent with a godly living. Prosperity. He has already given it. It's in your spirit. Peace. It's in your spirit. Uh, what else would you like? Uh, healing. And when I say healing, I'm talking about healing for others because you have divine health. How many of you know that divine health is better than uh, divine healing? I mean, if you're sick, we'll give you divine uh, healing. But divine health is, is, is better because it means you don't get to be sick. Amen? Amen. Everything that you'll ever need, God has already put uh, in your spirit. Power. He's already put in your spirit. The anointing. Man, you are as, you are as anointed as you ever be. Amen? He's already put it in your spirit. And so the next question is, Pastor T, if I have all of that in my spirit, what's the problem? Well, let me show you what the problem is. The problem is that dude right here. Because this dude here, this dude hasn't been changed. And this dude is a part of the process to manifesting uh, whatever God has already put on the inside of you over here. It has to flow through here for it to get to here. There's no shortcut. Your mind has to release it so that it gets into your circumstances. Your body just represents your circumstances. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. And so the problem is the mind. Galatians, I believe, chapter number 5, uh, verse 17, it says the spirit, which is in your spirit, man, wages war against the flesh. And the flesh wages war against the spirit. When he says flesh, he's talking about the five senses. Remember, we walk by faith and not by sight. Sight is five senses. We are not led by the five senses. We walk by faith. Amen? Amen. Are you getting anything out of this? And this is good stuff. And so if the spirit wages war against the flesh and the flesh wages war against the spirit, they are in a boxing match. You know, your spirit is saying, I am healed. Your flesh is saying, we are sick. Your spirit is saying, I'm prosperous. Your body is saying, let's look at the bank account. So the question is, who wins? This dude are boxing, they're fighting. And the flesh is saying, you know, ah, this is a The spirit is saying, man, we're prosperous. And the flesh is saying, ah, that's not what I see with these eyes. And then the spirit over here is saying, man, we are healed. And over here, the flesh is saying, ah, but I felt the pain here. It's here. It's here. Touch here. And so the question is, who wins? The answer is over here. Whoever the mind votes for. For to be carnally minded is carnally minded is death. And to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So it becomes a democracy. Whoever your mind votes for wins. If your mind chooses to vote for the spirit, then the spirit wins. You start to experience a renewed uh, mind. You start to experience a good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. You start to experience life and peace. But if your mind consistently votes for the five senses, and let me tell you, mind renewal, man, the, the, everything that you're going to see out there is targeted at renewing your mind. It's not just the word that renews your mind. 
The advertisements that they put out, the billboards, all they are targeted at is to renew your mind so that you can feed your flesh. That's why they can take the same car and remove a badge of, from another car and put another badge and add 200,000 rand and you still buy it. You know why? Because they've renewed your mind to think a badge is worth more than the actual car. That's why you see people walking around with Louis Vuitton masks. <laughs> I couldn't believe my eyes. I saw someone with a Gucci mask. I was like, wow, what's that Gucci mask going to do that, the, you know, just a regular mask is. But they've been taught, they've been renewed in their minds that, you know, Gucci. Amen? And then there are the things that are meant to renew your mind into fear so that you can vote from a place of fear. Amen? There are the things that are meant to just, you know, frighten you so that you can respond in fear. There's a lot of money to be made when people respond in fear. Because when you start walking in faith, you'll be like, ah, 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 I'm not coming. I'm not signing up. No. But when you're in fear, you'll be buying everything. Amen? Now, you're going you go to buy a lot of things when you're walking in fear. But when you're walking by faith, man, you're just going to be calm, peaceful, and let the Lord lead you. Amen? And so whoever the minds vote for is going to win. To be carnally minded is going to produce death. And by death, it's not just limited to, you know, you ceasing to exist. It's talking about everything that came into existence as a result of Adam and Eve disobeying God. Actually, Adam. Because he's the one uh, who God gave the instructions to. So let's show you uh, uh, this in another way. Let's go to Romans chapter number 8, verse 6. Romans chapter number 8, verse 6. We're going to come up with an equation. Because I know uh, some of you, you know, uh, uh, did math in school. And you're going to help the pastor out. Uh, come up with uh, two equations from uh, this verse here. What the verse says is, uh, for to be carnally minded is uh, death. But to be spiritually minded is what? Life and uh, peace. So we're going to come up with two equations uh, from this Bible verse. What would be our first uh, equation here? Carnal mind. Carnal mind equals what? Death. And death is not just limited to you ceasing to exist. Death is everything that came into life as a result of Adam disobeying God. So fear is produced when someone is just uh, carnally minded. And carnal mindedness here is not just limited to seen mindedness. It's also to just five senses. Amen. Amen. Sin is indeed carnal, but, you know, if you just live your life according to the five senses, man, you're just carnal. And, and here, brothers and sisters, I have to say that there are two kinds of believers. Carnal believers and uh, 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 spiritually minded believers. I like to be spiritually mind, uh, a spiritually minded believer because I like the fruit that comes out of it. So, death here is not just limited to fear. Uh, poverty is a part of death. It's produced by a carnal mind. Uh, sickness and disease is perpetuated uh, by a carnal mind. Uh, what else? Anxiety. Uh, what else here? Uh, 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 you know, wanting uh, to... Become a man pleaser. You know, there are certain people who just want to become man pleasers. It's because they just carnal. Did you know that? You don't have to want to please man. 
uh, the only person you should want to please is God. And I was talking to someone, and we were just sharing about what we are doing internally as a church on uh, 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 helping the people during the lockdown period. And they were asking me, why aren't you putting that on social media, Facebook? Why aren't you even making a pledge, at the ch a call at the church for people to pledge so they can be a part of uh, you helping people? And I said, no, we, we don't want to do any of that. And they said, why not? I said, because the Bible tells us uh, in Matthew chapter number 5 that what the left hand gives, uh, the right hand shouldn't even know. But beyond that, we don't want to embarrass uh, uh, people and just taking pictures so we can get people to give us a pat on the back and say, look at that church. You see, they're doing food parcels. We, we're not doing it. Listen, we were born in the night, but not last night. We're, we're not childish. Okay, it's time for the church to grow up. Amen. No, I'm serious. It's time for the church to grow up. Someone is 56 years old. Amen? 56 years old. They have lived for 56 years old and several days before they picked up your food parcel. And you're going to try and take credit for just giving them one meal and take a picture and put it on social media and try to get a accreditation and applause from men. Man, we've given out tens of thousands of rand to people, but we're not taking pictures to try and get people to applaud us. We don't want your applause. Because we're not doing it for men. We're doing it for God. And people usually do that because they've just become carnal. And where did I learn all of that? I learned that from Andrew Walmart. Man, he gives away millions. Of, of U.S. dollars, but he never uh, uh, talks about it to the people. He never takes pictures. He never does videos to try and get people to say, oh, you see, Andrew is doing No, just, just do it in silence, and God will reward you publicly. And while you're doing it, protect and defend the dignity of the people that you're giving to. Don't throw people under the bus. These are hardworking men and women who have just hit a wall because of a global pandemic, which is not their fault. They are hardworking people, and you need to protect their dignity. And I'm passionate about this, because every time I see another picture, and something gets stirred up on the inside, especially from the church. Amen? It's because we've become men-pleasers, and it all comes from a carnal mind. Just thinking carnality, just thinking in the natural. The second equation we get is uh, to be spiritually minded. Spiritually minded equals what? Life. This is where you want to be. Plus peace. Amen. Zoe life, the God kind of abundant living. Nothing missing and nothing broken. Amen. Jesus made it available for all of us. Yep. Zoe life. The God kind of living is already available. How do we tap into it? We tap into it by becoming spiritually minded. And spiritual mindedness is not spooky mindedness. You don't have to show up and do theatrics. What are you doing? I'm being spiritual. No, you're not. Sit down. Calm down. To be spiritually minded simply means to be word of God minded. Because John 6, uh, John 6, 63, Jesus said, The words that I speak unto you, they are what? They are spirit and they are life. So if you want to be spiritual, just become word of God minded. When you are encountered with a situation, you just check what does the word of God say. 
for us new covenant believers, you know what the word of God says? In the Old Testament, man, if someone with leprosy would come into a building like this, all of us would be uh, walking out of here uh, with leprosy. In the new covenant, Jesus flipped it. If someone with leprosy touches you, the power that we're talking about flows out of you and they get to change, not you. And we need to, we've been living our lives below what Jesus paid for on the cross. Jesus paid for way too much. And this is why I'm walking around. Man, I'm just walking around like a bad boy. You know why? Because I know there's so much power on the inside of me. It's not being reckless. My mother would probably think that I'm being reckless, but she doesn't have this kind of revelation. I do have this kind of revelation. So I'm going to walk around like a bad boy. And I think you should too. People show up at work and say, man, I'm not feeling well. You lay hands on them. And they get well. The power in you flow out of you into their body. Amen? Amen. Some of you have been so conditioned by the world. People are even scared to cough around you anymore. Because <laughs> they know you're going to give them the look. People can't even clear their throat. Just... <clears> throat> just <clears> throat> Because they know, you know, people that sit in the cubicle with you, they can't even clear their throat anymore. Because they know you're going to go into a frantic, because you just don't know who you are. It's time to grow up. Galatians 4.1, watch what it says. I'm going to close with this. Is this helping you? Man, you got the power. Someone shout, I've got the power. It's right here. Amen. It's time for the church to be the church. And so I'm so encouraged. We are connected with Andrew Womack Ministries. And some of you may not know, but Andrew was issued with a cease and desist from the government to stop the conference, summer Bible conference that was going on uh, in the past few days. And Andrew was like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to listen to that. You want to come get me? Come get me. I'm going to stand up for something. And it's time for the church to start standing up for something. And the first place to start standing up is who you are, the gospel. Start standing up for the gospel. Amen. Start getting fired up for the gospel. Yep. And people were fired up for protests and, you know, I don't, uh, 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 you know, criticize them. They, they're right. They're passionate about standing up for that. And I probably would have gone to the protest. But guess what? I have a, a, a more agent, more powerful, more valuable message in the gospel that I should stand up for too. So in addition to going to the protest, I would come to a place like this and also stand up for the gospel. Amen. And I believe that's what Andrew is doing. And we're praying for him. We're cheering him on. And we want him to succeed and break through in that. Man, people will go crazy. Just a few years ago, they told Lawson Purdue he couldn't put Jesus on the, on the uh, uh, bus stop uh, uh, seats. You know, he was doing advert advertisements on the bus stop seats. He would put Jesus is Lord and, uh, and, and they sent him an email. They said, you need to stop using the name of Jesus. He said, uh, we don't mind you putting your name on it. How many of you know that your name doesn't have power? <laughs> he said, no, Lawson, you can, we don't mind you putting your name on the bus stop. Just don't put Jesus. He said, no, I'm going to keep putting Jesus. And he took them to the cleaners and won the case. Yeah. Time for Christians to start standing up for something. So he took them to the cleaners, man, and he won. Watch what he says. We are all heirs. We're supposed to receive an inheritance from God. But he says in Galatians 4 verse 1, Now I say this, that the heir, as long as he is a child, 
does not differ at all from a slave, though he be master of all. So an heir is a master of all. Someone shout, I am master of all. But here's the truth that hurts, is that you are not different from a slave if you refuse to grow up. You'll be subjected to the beggarly elements of life. Life will beat you up. You just go with the floor and whatever. Sing low, sing cherry. Or one day you're up, one day you're down. Like a yo-yo, you know, Fred played a yo-yo growing up. But that's not where God wants us to be. He wants us to be mature. And when we become mature, we start grabbing a hold of those things uh, that Jesus has already paid for on the cross. Amen? Let me show you this one diagram, and I'm going to close. Did I say I was going to close? No, not Okay. Let me show you one, one last diagram. Here's the last diagram I want to show you. This one is going to bless you. So we said you are a spirit, right? You possess a soul, and you live in a body. And your body really uh, represents your circumstances, right? And your circumstances is what we're trying to change. We're trying to get this to line up with this. But what happens is all this life that is in here has to flow out. It has to come out. All this anointing, all this power has to come out. But how does it come out? It has to come out through the valve. Let's say this is a valve. You can turn it on or turn it off. It has to come out through the valve of the mind. Amen? And if this valve is open, this life will shoot right through. And your circumstances will start to change. There's going to be a turning around of circumstances. But here's another truth. is that is, If this valve is, is shut... All this life that's in here will be there, but it will never reach your circumstances. And I believe this is one of the reasons why people are going to cry when we get to heaven. It says God will wipe tears off their eyes. It is all of a sudden they're going to realize what they could have done while they were on the earth. Amen. And then they're going to ask God, really? I could have done that? And God will say, yeah, you could have, not, you could have killed it. <laughs> and they're going to start crying. Can you imagine you're in the most beautiful place in the, in the entire universe, heaven. But people are still crying. I used to wonder, why are they still crying in heaven? It's because they finally realized, wait a minute. I could have done more with my 80, 100, 120 years in the earth. You're telling me I didn't have to put up with all that junk? You're telling me I didn't have to feel fearful and scared and just uh, like trash? You know, sometimes people make you feel like trash. You're going to find out in heaven that you didn't have to subject yourself to people's opinions. All of a sudden, you realize, you know what? Them gossiping about you didn't even matter. And people will bawl out. They'll start crying. I wasted all my days wondering what they were thinking about me. And Ephesians 4, 17 to 18 actually confirms this. Let me close with this. Man, Ephesians 4, 17. Let me read it quickly. Uh, 4, 17 to 18. It says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you hence... Fourth, walk not. Say, walk not. He doesn't want you to walk this way. He says, I tell you not to uh, walk not as the Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds. The Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds, having their understanding darkened. So their understanding is darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. So you are, he says here, you are alienated from the life that is in you. He says you're alienated, you're separated, you're estranged from the very life of God that is in you through ignorance. 
So ignorance shuts the valve. It seals it. You know, in the world, they say ignorance is what? In the kingdom of God, ignorance shuts the valve. So just being a nice Christian who's ignorant is not going to help you either. Because it shuts the valve. Remember what he said in Hosea 4, 6? He said, my people. What's interesting about that verse and what's so awesome about it is he didn't say the unbelievers. He didn't say the neighbors. He said, my own kids. Can you imagine God admitting that his own kids are perishing? He said, my people perish because they lack what? They lack information. And this is why you need teaching. You need to be taught. You need to go to life group so you can learn from others and share with others. You need to uh, uh, read the word of God and ask the Holy Spirit to show you these things. Man, you need to talk to other believers every single day. You need to get in the word of God and let the Holy Spirit teach you some things. And as he starts to teach you some things, you renew your mind to it. Man, you're going to deliver yourself from ignorance. And ultimately, delivering yourself from ignorance means you're delivering yourself from death, fear, anxiety, sickness, poverty, and all these spirits that came to torment us. And I'm telling you, this is good news. You can change your situation right upside. You can change it from back to forth. God has already given you all the things that you'll ever need that pertains to life and godliness. It's time to open the valve. You know, we sing song about opening up the floodgates of heaven, and that's true. It's time for you to also open the floodgates of your mind so that this life can rush through. And there's going to be a, such a radic, radical transformation from caterpillar to butterfly. Man, open this valve wide open so that life is, there's a stampede of life flowing out of you. People just, all they need to do is just get around you. They'll get healed. Amen. Amen. All they need is to just get around you and they'll be delivered from sadness. Have you ever met people who have this gift and this anointing of encouragement? You know, Joel Osteen, all you need to do is watch a few minutes. You don't even need to watch the entire thing. Sometimes you don't even need to hear and understand what he's saying. Just his smile alone will hit you. <laughs> you open the valve. You're like, man, I feel better. Amen? Amen? That's what I'm talking about. We're talking about walking in these things because God has already given them to us. Why don't you stand on your feet? Did that bless you? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. Lord, we just give you all the praise and all of the glory. For you are a good, good Father. Lord, we thank you right now, having learned that you've already given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Lord, we just thank you, Father, that as we walk out of this place, this word will not be stolen from us. But, Father, that this word will give and produce to some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. Lord, we just thank you that those who are watching, will realize this, that God has already given them everything that they will ever need. That they may stop chasing people around. They may stop chasing uh, uh, different new fads around. But Father, that they may just embrace your word and let your word 
renew their thinking. And Lord, we thank you that as your word renews their thinking, they're going to step into their destiny. They're going to start walking into a place of victory. Lord, we thank you and we give you all of the praise in Jesus' name we pray. And someone shout, Amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.